Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church. We hope that the messages, topics, and discussions that you find here will encourage and challenge you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and jump into part two of this series, The Land is Ours. Last week, uh, we read from Romans 4 and Genesis chapter 13 and how God uh, started a covenant with Abraham and he said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And he said, look at this land, walk the length and the breadth of it. Everywhere you walk, I'm going to give you Abraham. And so uh, I, I shared that I believe very strongly and I told you uh, what I felt God speak to me in, in a time of prayer that we are to walk the uh, land of our city and God is going to give us this city and he's going to show us what he's going to do and what he's going to give us and, and all of those things. And so um, with that, let's go ahead and jump into Numbers chapter 13 uh, for tonight and we're going to continue in this story of God uh, fulfilling his promise to a people that uh, come from Abraham and Sarah, that uh, he is making a great nation of these people. And God is not uh, going to fail to do what he promised. God has not forgotten. But we're going to see here, though, um, just some of the challenges that people faced along the way in possessing the promise of God. And so let's read Numbers chapter 13. We're going to work through this chapter, so kind of buckle in and get settled uh, for this because there there is some really great stuff in this chapter that if we uh, open our mind and our heart to it, God is going to show us some things and help us in our process of possessing uh, his promise for us. So, Numbers chapter 13, uh, we're going to read a couple verses here. Uh, verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And these were their names. Of the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, the son of Zakur. Of the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Hori. Of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. And so, with that, you can go on and, and continue to read those names. These are the men who were chosen to be the 12 men, one man from each tribe of Israel, to go and spy the land. Now, skipping down to verse 17, says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way, southward and go up into the mountain and here pay close attention to these couple verses see the land see the land what it is 
and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, what cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be uh, wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. 21 says, So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshkol, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bare it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshkol, because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land forty days. Verse 26, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and, to, and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land, the land through which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So there's a lot to unpack in this chapter, and we're going to do it uh, uh, quickly because there are a couple points in this chapter that uh, will apply to us and that I believe uh, very strongly God is going to help us uh, in our uh, 
uh, process of seeing God do what he's called us to do. So let's pray real quick and ask God to speak to us today. Father, we thank you for your word and this opportunity. And God, I pray uh, right now that as your word goes forth, that whoever would hear it now or hear it later, that this word would ignite something in their spirit, that no matter what we face, no matter what lies ahead of us, no matter what you've called us to, it will come to pass, and there's nothing greater than you, God. And so if you've called us to it, you will be able to bring us through it and into the promises that you have for us. Let your word be uh, revelatory tonight, Lord God, and help us to see it and believe it, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. This, uh, this chapter is a very key chapter in the story of God fulfilling his promise to the children of Israel. We learned last week it began with Abraham, but here now are the children of Israel. They had been in slavery in the land of Egypt for roughly 400 years. Moses has brought these people and led them um, through the Red Sea into the wilderness. They have the Ten Commandments. They've got the tabernacle plan. And, and God is, is forming these people and teaching them how uh, uh, covenant people are supposed to live, what he expects of his people. And, and so, but more so than that, They've been learning this. They've been going through this. They've had some rough times. They've had some good times. But now it's time to start really looking at the land that God has promised his people. I'm going to give you this land. This is going to be yours. And, and it's almost time. We're getting close to this moment for you to possess it. But before we start that process, I need you to check it out. I need you to spy out the land, if you will, or, or how it says in verse two, search the land. So God tells Moses to get a man from each tribe. So there, there were 12 tribes, so 12 men. One man is a representative of each tribe. And uh, verses 4 through uh, 16 lists those men. And so um, with that, though, the, the responsibility of these 12 men were uh, or was listed in uh, verse 18. They were to go spy the land and they were to see the land. They were to go see the land, what it is. To look at the people, what kind of people live in this land. Uh, then, what the land is in a geographical sense. Is it good or is it bad? In, in a geological sense, is the land good? Um, look at the cities. Are the cities uh, big? Are the structures uh, large, strong? Or do these people dwell in tents? And then, is there good crops? Does the land produce um, 
good good uh, produce? What's the agriculture like in the land? Is it fat or lean? Is there wood there and in such? And be of good courage and bring uh, the fruit of the land. Bring some back. And so that's what they did. They went. And their job was to search these three things. Look at the land. Look at the people. What are the people like in this land? What are the cities like in this land? What is the um, agriculture like in this land? These three things um, is, is what God uh, wanted these spies to do. This was the reconnaissance of, um, of Israel in, in searching the land of Canaan before Operation Possession uh, took place. And so that's what they did. Now, as they, as they go and search the land and they, and they go up to the mountain and they see the land and, and they're checking these things off the list and they're taking notes and, and all of that, they were to go and be of good courage. Be of good courage because what you are spying is a place God has promised you. What you are searching is the place God has called you to. So, so no matter what you see, hear this, no matter what you see, be of good courage. No matter what it looks like, be of good courage. If it's good, great. If it's bad, be of good courage. Don't lose your faith based on what you see. Don't lose heart based on how it seems. Because you are searching a land that God has already promised you and that promise was made hundreds of years before you were ever born. These 12 spies are searching out in, in, in um, as I said earlier, doing reconnaissance on a land that was promised to their people hundreds of years before any of these 12 spies were born. So be of good courage. This has been written down in the plan of God before you were born, before your father was born, before your grandfather was born. This has been on God's mind longer than it's been on yours. This has been a part of God's plan before you ever even had a plan. Be of good courage. No matter what you see, this is still the land that God has promised his people. And so they, they spy out the land. And obviously, the, uh, the produce of the land, the crops of the land were great. Uh, two men had to carry back a cluster of grapes. I mean, what in the world? You know, um, I, I don't even, I can't even wrap my mind around that. They brought back uh, pomegranates and figs and, and, and all of these things. And it was, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. That's what they uh, said. And that's what they saw. But they saw other things as well, and the um, and the the spies, ten of the spies uh, particularly, um, 
in their report, they stated that the crops are great. I mean, this is a great land. Soil is rich, apparently, and, and, and healthy because you can grow some amazing uh, things in this land. But verse 28, their report takes a turn, and their faith begins to break. And um, they start to speak death instead of life. Nevertheless, no matter all the good that we just mentioned, that's that's whatever. But nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in that land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak, giants. There were giants in the land. The people are strong. Now that word strong is not uh, all the men, you know, uh, were just, you know, like chiseled out of the side of a mountain with you know, large muscles and, and this incredible strength. You know, that that's not what it's talking about. It's not saying that all the, the inhabitants of the land, men, women, and children, were, you know, triathletes or whatever. That's not what it's referring to. That word strong means basically the people were hard. The people were mean. The people were not nice um, and such. And so that's what their report is. Uh, the crops are great. We brought some back. This is great fruit. Look at this. I mean, you know, we're going to eat really good in Canaan, but the people are mean. The people are hard. The people are, they're not nice. They, um, they're very rude and, uh, they're just, they're just not nice people. It's a hard group of people that live in the land of Canaan. And on top of that, the people have walls up, but their cities also have walls up and the walls are very great and the cities are very great. And on top of that, there are giants in the land. The people are mean and they have walls up. Their cities are great and they have walls up and there's giants in the land. And now the promises of God are less powerful than the problems that they see in the land of promise. The problems in the land of promise are bigger in their eyes now than the promise. God told them, search the land. See what the people are like, the cities are like, and what kind of crops can you grow? What does the land produce good fruit? And be of good courage. No matter what you see, be of good courage. Well, they saw good and bad, but they lost their courage. And this is their report. In verse 32, after they said these things, verse 31 actually, they said, but the men that went up with him, referring to Caleb, say, we be not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. And that is when verse 32 states, they brought up an evil report of the land 
which they had searched under the children of Israel. Verse 33, they saw giants and they saw themselves as grasshoppers and how they saw themselves is how the giants saw them. That's exactly how it reads in verse 33. They saw giants and they saw themselves as grasshoppers and how they saw themselves is how the giants saw them. How they saw themselves is how the enemy saw them. We need to get a fresh perspective of who we are in Christ Jesus. We are not powerful people because of our own abilities. So whether or not we have ability is not a part of the equation. The question is, is are you a child of God? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Because if you have, you've been endued with power from on high, heavenly power, Holy Ghost power. The power of God is in you and on you. And because of that, there is nothing in this world that is greater than the Spirit of God in you. And that means you can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth you. So don't look at yourself based off of your ability. Look at yourself based on his ability through you. And that is when you and I will see the miraculous taking place in our life. Get our eyes off ourselves and get our eyes on Jesus. And we will be able to see what he's promised us come to pass. However, even though there were 12 men that, or 10 men that gave an evil report, and the evil report was unbelief. Hebrews tells us that their evil report was because of unbelief. There were two men that did not give an evil report, and one of them is highlighted in this chapter. After the 10 spies are giving uh, all the reasons why they can't do what God's called them to do and why they can't possess the promise God made them, Caleb in verse 30 stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once for we are well able to overcome it. So here's the deal. Caleb and the other spies all saw the same thing but they had two different perspectives. You and I can see the same thing, but our perspective can be very different. And what influences our perspective? Belief or unbelief? God said it. You can't change that. You see this. We can't change what we see. But our response to what God said and what we see determines whether or not we believe or we don't believe. Caleb's response to what God said and what he saw was different than what the ten spies saw. And that is why Caleb said, let us go up at once for we are well able to overcome it. Why? Because if God before us, who can be against us? If God promised this to us, then he obviously has a plan to bring it to pass. 
And he's just using us in this process of possessing the promise. So let's go up at once and overcome it. We are well able to do that. But yet, because these 10 spies uh, spread a spirit of unbelief and doubt and fear amongst the people of Israel, in verse 1 of Numbers 14, it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? Because ten people just didn't believe what God said, and they allowed what they saw to affect what they believed about with God. It affected a whole nation. And it caused people to start murmuring against Moses and Aaron, the spiritual leadership of that nation, because 10 people didn't believe. So unbelief is a very powerful thing, but it is very negative. It kills, it chokes, it suffocates, and it will stop the plan of God in its tracks in coming to pass in people's lives. It will delay the promise of God faster than anything else. It will delay the promise of God faster than any terrible sin that we could think of or any act of the flesh that we could think of. Unbelief will stop the promises of God from being fulfilled in a person's life, in a family's life, in a church's existence. Unbelief is the absolute enemy of the fulfillment of God's promises. And so we cannot allow unbelief to win. It doesn't matter what we see, and it doesn't matter how it seems. The question is, is did God say it? Did you hear him say it? Believe it. Believe it. And allow God to fulfill his purpose in our life. There's a little uh, symbolism in this chapter that we can pull from, and it's going to help us uh, as an, as an uh, antidote or a weapon against unbelief. Because oftentimes we're going to face things and, and we're going to struggle with some doubt and fear, and sometimes a spirit of skepticism can creep up on us, which is it's unbelief. And um, we'll, we'll kind of look at something that God's trying to do and we'll hesitate. Sometimes that happens and that's just part of being flesh, but you and I have got to fight against that and knock that down quickly and get it out of our life. And so we see in verses 4 through 16 of Numbers 13, uh, the names of each one of the 12 spies in the tribes they're from. But verse 6 is very interesting because it says of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Caleb is of the tribe of Judah. Judah. Caleb is the one that stilled the people, tried to stop all the chaos, tried to stop all the fear, tried to stop all the doubt and silence them. You notice that the more the doubt talked, the more the doubters talked, 
the more fear took over in this story. The more the unbelievers started talking is the more that the whole congregation, the whole group of Israelites started to say, yeah, I don't believe we can do this. I don't really think we're actually going to be able to see this. So anytime unbelief starts to manifest itself through somebody's voice, We've got to step up and say, we can't listen to unbelief. We can't, we can't entertain these words of doubt because God has made us promises and I'm not going to give in to doubt and fear and unbelief. And so Caleb in verse 30 stilled the people. He's trying to silence the doubters. And he said, let us go up at once, meaning now, right now, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it what's different with Caleb well we already saw that his perspective was different than the other 10 spies but there's a lesson we can learn names especially in the Old Testament are very significant and Caleb is from the tribe of of Judah. It's no mystery and it's no unknown fact. Judah, uh, the, the root word it comes from, yada, is a Hebrew word for praise. It means uh, to, uh, to reverently worship and to extend the hands and to speak out with thanksgiving and praise. That's what the word Judah comes from. Yehuda comes from the Hebrew word yada, which is a Hebrew word for expression of praise through lifted hands and 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 speaking and 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 thanksgiving and worship and and praise. So Caleb, if you're taking these words and their meanings, Caleb is from the tribe of praise. It was a man from the tribe of praise that is speaking out against the doubt and saying, let us go up at once and possess it. What is this revelation? No matter how it seems, no matter what it looks like, if you just keep praising, there is going to come a moment where you're going to possess the promise God has made you. Why? Because Praise magnifies God. Praise exalts God. When you praise God, you are lifting God higher in your perspective of him, in your view of him. When you lift up the Lord with your words, when you lift up the Lord with your hands lifted, when you lift up the name of Jesus with singing and shouting and dancing and worship and praise, God is exalted. Exalted is lifted higher. He is lifted up and when God is exalted your problems become smaller when God is put on a pedestal so to speak the problems in our life get smaller when God is put on the throne your problem has to bow so the question is is what are you allowing to sit on the throne God 
or your problem? What are you allowing to sit on the throne? The promise or the problem? Well, that all is probably determined on whether or not you're praising him. People that don't praise God, you can look at it. I mean, you can peg them. You, it doesn't even take five minutes in a time of gathering to be able to notice who's kind of uh, in tune with God and who's kind of checked out. Are they praising God or not? Are they singing? Are they worshiping? Is there any sort of expression going towards God that is of thanksgiving and worship and reverence? If not, don't be surprised if they're the ones who are speaking about the reasons why it can't happen or the reasons why it won't happen or always seeing the negative or always seeing the issues. But the praisers are the ones that say, we can do it. We will see it. Let's go now and possess it. It doesn't matter if there's giants. It doesn't matter if the people are mean. It doesn't matter if the cities are hard to get into. If God promised us a revival in San Leandro, we're going to see it no matter if it happens this year, next year, five years from now, or 10 years from now. If God promised it, it's going to come to pass. Our job is to praise him the whole way through. Our job is to keep doing what he's called us to do and to not doubt it, but believe it and let our faith be backed up by our action and demonstration that we believe what God promised. So we're going to go on prayer walks. We're going to reach out to people. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus more than we ever have before. We're going to love one another. We're going to reach out and we're going to go at this thing 100%. We're going out. We're praying. We're walking the land. We're searching it. We're seeing what is in the land. We're getting kind of a feel for what the people are like in our city. We're getting an idea of, are there a lot of walls up? Are there any spiritual giants that need to come down? That's what these prayer walks are about. And we're searching the land. And as you and I are searching, let's guard our heart and make sure that we don't see the problem being bigger than the promise. And every time you may feel a little unbelief or a little fear kind of creep up on you, let's be like people from the tribe of Judah. And let's lift up our hands and open our mouth and start exalting Jesus. Jesus until Jesus is in his rightful place, higher and above everything else. The name of Jesus is a name that is above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every tongue should confess, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He is above all above all he is through all and he is in all of us who have been filled with his spirit so we have nothing to fear we have nothing to doubt god promised us the land is ours so as we're searching and as we're walking we are possessing the promise step by step moment by moment and we ought to praise God for that because he is worthy of all the praise because he's going to get the glory out of everything he's going to do through New Life Church. 
but we cannot speak death. We must speak life. And let's praise God the whole way through. And we will be like Caleb. I see the giants. I see the walled cities. I see the rough, mean, hard-hearted people. But let us go up at once. Let us go up right now and possess this land because we are well able to overcome it. Why? Because we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and this uh, time to be able to uh, study your word. And I'm asking right now that whoever would hear this message, that revelation would uh, just explode in their mind and that the light bulb would come on. And God, I pray that a faith would begin to rise in each person that they haven't ever had before. Give us faith to believe for things that seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And God, we praise you in advance for everything you've promised us. We give you all the glory and the thanksgiving because there is no God like you. You are the one true living God, and your name is greater than any other name. We speak the name of Jesus over New Life Church. We speak the name of Jesus over San Leandro. We speak the name of Jesus over every city surrounding San Leandro. And we pray and claim what you have promised. Let it come to pass, we pray. Let your kingdom come and your will be done, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining us uh, tonight. And I pray that this has challenged you and encouraged you. And let's go possess what God has promised us. Have a good night. Thank you. God bless you.